Everyday Creativity and Creative Leadership. I would like to thank the Edward de Bono Institute for Creativity, Thinking and Innovation at the University of Malta for this honour of presenting a lecture on the event of the 30th anniversary of the Institute. It gives me particular pleasure to be reminded that I took part in the first presentation of the Institute 30 years ago. In starting, I would also like to acknowledge the contributions made to everything I have done from my life partner, Susan Moger, who passed away in 2017. In my talk today, I'd like to share with you a journey which covers about half a dozen key points. Everyday creativity, early ideas of creativity, more recent modern ideas, Henri Bergson and Marcel Proust, Edward de Bono, creative leadership and reflections. Everyday creativity. Some years ago, I became aware of the notion of everyday creativity through the pioneering work of Professor Ruth Richards. She defined the idea as follows. Everyday creativity concerns almost anything to which one brings originality in an everyday context, including in major projects. It was the last phrase that drew my attention. She was illustrating how everyday creativity would not necessarily lead to everyday results. When I went on to develop her work, I came up with an observation that there is a universal human faculty for discovering the new, a shared capacity producing world-changing and everyday ideas alike. To create is to be part of what it means to be alive. If I can give a first personal illustration, I'd given up the creative efforts of producing novels some years ago, approaching my 80th birthday. It seems I had nothing left to write or create about. A friend suggested I should look into a different way of communicating my ideas. He suggested podcasting. Furthermore, he actually sent me a design for a podcast and a title, Tudorama. I'd like to thank William Thompson for this idea, which still exists in my brochures. More to the point, I found that I'd be discovered a new way of being creative every day. Each morning brought new news ideas, and as a result of those, I was able to produce my podcasts. Later, I want to show how this has become the essence of creativity as understood by Henri Bergson. To begin at the beginning, as a fellow Welshman once wrote, early ideas of the creation and creativity can be found in every culture around the world. They have much in common, particularly the idea that all creativity flowed from the one creator of the universe. This could be represented in various forms, but the concept was the same. Creative acts by the rest of us, everyday creativity if you like, were intended to replicate the works of the great creator. Paintings which imitated the beauty of nature was passé. One celebrated modernist, Marcel Duchamp, attended an exhibition of engineering design. 
and disclaimed, Painting is all washed up. Who will ever do anything better than that propeller? By the 20th century, the search was on for structures to enhance creativity. The pioneers became famous. I've been fortunate enough to meet several of them. From America, there was Paul Torrance, who developed the first creativity tests. Now there are variations of this indeed, but his were so famous that at one stage, a set of them was sent into space in a space explorer in case it could be picked up by some distant galactic species and to see just how we were creative on planet Earth. Also from America, Alex Osborne, together with his colleague Sid Pans at the Buffalo Institute of Creativity, came up with the creative problem-solving system which involved a series of ways of diverging for new ideas and then converging on the best one. The most famous of their designs was brainstorming. In Europe, we had Tony Buzan, a consultant who specialised in the idea that it was possible to be creative if we could only structure maps to organise our thinking and make connections. From Russia, Genrich Halschuler developed a system known as TRIZ, which studied the various combinations of methods through which patterns had emerged. This was later exported to the Far East, and again it was possible that an article in Creativity and Innovation Journal helped bring it back into Western notice, and it's now become a regular method of generating ideas in engineering organization. But I've left until last the person who we're honoring today, Edward de Bono, and his particular creation, Lateral Thinking. There's been some debate that Edward de Bono really wasn't very interested in creativity and was too keen to push his own idea of lateral thinking. However, a closer inspection of his work reveals something rather different. In his early book, Lateral Thinking, he writes, Lateral thinking is closely related to insight, creativity and humour. All four processes have the same basis, but whereas insight, creativity and humour can only be prayed for, lateral thinking is a more deliberate process. Edward, in a very modernistic way, was shifting us away from creativity as something mystical to something which could be planned and controlled. He communicated his ideas in a series of brilliant metaphors. For example, vertical thinking was pursuing the idea like digging a hole, and in order to get new ideas, it might sometimes be better to jump out of the hole and find another place to do the digging. In hindsight, it is easy to see how Edward de Bono's ideas are not dissimilar to those of Arthur Kersler in his book, The Act of Creation. Kersler brought the idea of creativity as the bisociation of two mental frames resulting in an aha or eureka moment. A more recent book, which I now see as having strong connections with Edward's work, is by Daniel Kahneman. In his book, Thinking Fast and Slow, Kahneman, like Kersler, provides a book more in the academic tradition with extensive references and notes. But in its 500 pages, only a brief section of less than 10 pages deals directly with creativity. Ironically, 
Daniel Kahneman's work has been awarded an Nobel Prize for his contributions to thinking, and particularly to thinking of experts in economics, which he more or less suggested was less rational than the economists have assumed to be the case. Students of Edward de Bono's work did not need 500 pages and 30 pages of references to tell them that. Meanwhile, I was carrying out my own work into creativity with a small research group at what was then known as the Manchester Business School. The educational approach had become known as the Manchester Method. The essential aspect was that students studied business cases not from a series of pages of a book, but from doing real business projects or living cases. It's grounded in experiential learning, and of course there are strong links with creativity. We later extended our research with students on realistic projects to real business projects working with leaders in business. Overall, the results seem to be coming to the same conclusions. There were strong links between creativity, innovation and leadership. Effective leaders are creative leaders. However, the notion of a creative leader seems to cut across the beliefs about leaders that are found often in politics and everyday life. Creative leaders don't just come up with the ideas, they help other people in their teams to come up with creative ideas. And it is in the coming up of ideas of a team where these structures we talked about were particularly useful. Lateral thinking, brainstorming, mind mapping, all these were tested and found to be valuable in the processes of team creativity. One of the findings was that most teams carried out tasks to a certain level and then stopped. This might be called the standard level of team performance. A small number of teams, for whatever reason, seem unable to get off the ground. We eventually called them teams from hell. An even smaller proportion of teams escaped from the constraints, even of the briefs they were given, and came up with new ideas outside. I'm sure it would be called thinking outside the hole that they were already digging in. I don't say thinking outside the box, which is a totally different metaphor, sometimes wrongly attributed to Edward de Bono. So from all this... A creativity theory emerged at Manchester which suggested two leaders to team success. Leaders creating new and benign structures for actions and change. This refines the classical team development model still taught in many business schools which goes teams form, storm, norm and perform. What we found in practice was that many teams formed and stormed and got no further the teams from hell, some teams went beyond the perform, challenged the brief they were originally given and came up with creative breakthroughs. In conclusion, it is my firm belief that we need creativity now more than we ever did in our world of climate change, political strife and perhaps the threats and opportunities offered by artificial intelligence. I thank you for the opportunity of sharing these ideas with you this afternoon.